Welcome to Grace Point Direct, a place that helps us all connect a little bit deeper into our church. I'm your host, Taylor Wood. The goal of each podcast is to not only inform about the different things that we have happening as a church body, but also to dig a little bit deeper into the different topics and issues that we should all find interesting. We'll be dropping a new episode each Monday, so make sure to subscribe so you'll get notified when it hits. Also, make sure you've got the new Grace Point Church app. Jump in the app store, download that new app, and uh, you'll be able to find uh, like Mike's latest sermon, uh, maybe some upcoming events, and definitely a place that you can send in prayer requests to connect with our staff a little bit. Um, it's April, so that's awesome. And today we've got episode number nine in our More Than a Minister series, where we'll get to know our staff in a way that maybe you haven't gotten to yet. And if you haven't gotten to know Anne Lorenz, then you have been missing out. Uh, Anne is somebody who um, is absolutely a huge key part of our staff. She would never tell you that, so I'm going to. And uh, someone that I absolutely enjoy working with and talking with. So now you get to as well. Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's Are you fun subscribed? To be here. Are you subscribed, Anne? I have to know. You're a friend. Are you subs- Well, you don't even do social media and stuff. That's true. Well, I do have Instagram and Twitter. I don't have Facebook. Hold on. You have Instagram? Mm-hmm. I'm checking right now to see if we're yes, friends. Yes, Taylor. We, Hold on. We are friends. I have to there. check. You follow so you have, me. So you have Instagram and what? Twitter. Twitter. The Twitters. Do you feel like you like you haven't switched to Instagram only? I don't I haven't done Twitter in a long time. Mm, no. Let me see. I, I use them for different purposes. Uh, yeah, we're friends on Instagram. You need to post more. Yeah. We want more from you. Oh, really? Who's we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're you're five hundred and forty one followers. Mm. You're a popular person. Oh well, I don't know about that. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Um, well, I'm sorry it took so long. You were actually someone I've been wanting to talk to on this for a while, but um, the Holy Spirit just, I guess, aligned the schedule in this way. I really have no, what everyone thinks is like all these intentional things, but it's just how it worked out. So I'm super glad to get you here. And you have uh, an awesome, awesome husband named Brian. Mm-hmm. I wish that Brian was here. <laughs> I wish he was here too. Just sitting on the couch, <laughs> yeah. just there watching. <laughs> Um, He'd probably be rolling his eyes at yeah. anything I say. He's pro- he's probably like <laughs> sitting by sitting by the president or something <laughs> at the inauguration. Uh, so there's this story. I have to tell it. I have to tell it. Anne comes screaming down the hallway on inauguration day and says, "Y'all turn on, turn on the inauguration. Everybody put it on." Brian's sitting like two seats down from the president. He's like in the second row or something like that. She's just screaming like. Uh, so excited. And so I, I mean, I, I love Brian too. Brian, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm so happy. I was so happy about it. And then you were, I was, were, I was like figuring out how to get it on. as excited as I was. Yeah, of course. Like, it's like when you know someone on TV, you're famous too. You know, it's like, uh, and, uh, so, um, I mean, Garth Brooks was on that stage. So mm-hmm. if, if Brian's on the stage, same stage as Garth Brooks, that's a pretty big deal. Um, but, uh, but how long was it? Like a minute later? <laughs> Tell us what happened. Oh my gosh. Like I was dying and um like I had gotten this first text from Brian and so Taylor and I went running <laughs> into the conference room to try to get it on TV. And while we're messing around, I get another text that says I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just, it like, and what's so funny about this is 
That is not what I expected Brian to do at all. Like I would never expect, especially because he was doing some really important things right. at the time. And I and didn't know exactly what he was doing. Exactly, so. because of the nature of his job. Yeah. Like, like sometimes you don't know, right? And so yeah. uh and that's like there's already this mystique. And I I know Brian and, and he and I have had several really great conversations, but not ever and I, I've never seen him pull a prank. You know, and so, and not that he, I, I just, I don't know, I wasn't expecting it all. And for it to be a psych moment oh, was so funny. I you was didn't think it was so that funny. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you weren't mad because of the prank, but you're embarrassed but because, I like, <laughs> I thought that was really going to happen. <laughs> oh, it was really funny. I hope that, you know, I hope that if you're listening right now, you're as enthralled and enjoyed this as much as we are because um, maybe hope, hopefully it's not too much of an inside joke or something, you know. No. Um, but just no. have a good laugh at that. And I'm looking at your Instagram page again. Your third post, your third <laughs> latest post is from our Atlanta trip. <laughs> Which is almost like three years ago or two. Two years ago. This is yeah. your, your third latest post is two years ago, okay? Yeah. And uh, but speaking of our Atlanta trip, I had been here for about a year at the actually a little a uh, year and a month at that point, so thirteen mm-hmm. months. Um, and you and I led a trip of students to Atlanta, and um, really I can't think got to know each other on that trip really well and argued quite a bit and it was really great. Um, but we <laughs> <laughs> kind of bonded over food experiences. Mm, yes, because you're a big foodie. As are you. And as I am, you love mm-hmm. to cook. I do love to like to cook. I, I, don't like think, to I don't think I love to cook as much as you do, though. I love to cook, uh, especially like I have a new like griddle top and stuff I'm really into. But um, but you really like to cook. Yeah, it's something that I just find so much creativity in. And I love mm-hmm. to be able to just create in the kitchen. And I kind of find it therapeutic yeah. to be able to spend a couple of hours and just throw together something really tasty with what I already have you right. know, in my pantry or in my refrigerator or whatever. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I almost like to, I almost like the restraint of you only have what's in your kitchen. And because like, I'm too lazy to drive to the store. I can tell you that right now. I'm not, I'm not going to leave the house to go buy one item mm. for the dinner. Yeah. It's just going to be like, well, let's see how this turns out, you know, without the egg or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That might it can, be, it can work. It's be a little flatter or something. I don't know what yeah. eggs do, but. A quick question to get to know you a little better. You're in Springfield and you're looking for a good plate of food to eat. What are you going to do? Oh, hands down, Springfield style cashew chicken mm. all the way. Mm. It was invented was in softball. Springfield. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Home run. Um, yeah. Springfield style cashew chicken is a select type of chicken fried chicken that was invented in the 60s mm-hmm. from um, this guy that his name was Leong and um, Mm. man, it's so good. And it's just kind of, Taken Springfield over, and yeah. man, there is a Chinese restaurant. Like, have every, you found it outside of uh, Springfield yet? In that way, that's good. Like, um, not here. I haven't really. Yeah. There's a place in Centerton that has tried to recreate it, and it's okay. I mean, it's yeah. decent, but yeah. it's not the same. Springfield. I don't know why. Like, you, you really connect to that place. Well, it's because I used to live there. Uh huh. I there went to go. school there. I went to college there. Okay, cool. So yeah. Missouri State. Missouri State. That's Excellent. right. Home of the Bears. Okay, okay. okay. We're gonna get to Missouri State. Oh, let's do okay. Kid Ann. Let's do Kid Ann. Okay. You've got, um, you know, tell us about family. Tell us about school. Uh, where you're from, stuff like that. Okay. Well, I was born in Carthage, Missouri, and uh, went to school there my whole life. Uh, my parents still live in that area, mm. and um, 
I have an older brother and an older sister. My brother is 17 years older than me and my sister's 14 years older than me. So in a way I kind of grew up as an only child. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Right, right, right. I, I remember a little bit of my sister living with They're her. almost adults by the time, or yeah. they are adults by the time you're too, like old enough to understand yeah. life and what's going on around you. Yeah. My brother got married when I was four, so kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I grew up there and um, my dad was a high school teacher at Carthage High School mm. and my mom worked for uh, the county courthouse. She was in the county clerk's office as a deputy yeah. county clerk. So. That's a pretty good setup, I'll say, because both my parents were in school and so like both of them being in school... I was able to experience school a little bit different than some kids because it it comes you're like spending time there in the summer and every single day after school and so it becomes very normal for you to be there and then also if you get in trouble your mom's like at the courthouse so she kind of has connections there right <laughs> I wish that would have been the case for me but <laughs> that really wasn't I I had my uh, I had my little bouts of rebellion and I wish that she could have bailed me out but yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of my uh, childhood. Um, you know, Carthage is a small town. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of knows everybody. And I really enjoyed having that experience and right. still think of it as home. And um, still am in contact with a lot of people up there because they're still my friends and family. And yeah. yeah. It's kind of the nature of growing up in a small town. You, you can't not be friends with people because you spend so much time. You're the only people you can spend time with. So you get to know each other really well. Really yeah. connect in. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk church for a second. Okay. Um, did you guys grow up in church? Was the church a part of your life? Um, when did you become a believer? Maybe stuff like that whole story. Yeah, I grew up in church. Um, I always tell people, so my dad was chairman of the deacons. Oh, I know. I don't man. know if that's still a thing anymore, but, um, <laughs> you should get him a, like a shirt or something that has that like deacon chair or something. I, I should, I should. Um, yeah, so he was, uh, kind of instrumental in a lot of things at the church with mm-hmm. planning events and like the direction of the church. Right. And so I always tell people that um, if the church doors were open, I was probably there right. as a kid for right. sure. Um, but yeah, we grew up in church. Um, one thing I will say is my parents really modeled um, some really godly behaviors that I have picked up on. I think I picked up on subliminally. One was every morning, like them reading their Bible. I would Mm. wake up in the morning and they were reading scripture. And um, so, yeah, so grew up in church. At seven is when I decided that I wanted Jesus to be my savior. Mm. And so, yeah, and got baptized at seven years old. Yeah, And then... um, you know, junior high years were incredibly tough. Like, mm. I am surprised that my parents didn't have heart attacks like during that time frame because I was. <laughs> I'm sure they are too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, always in trouble, and um, really just I was a different person depending on who I was with. Right, and was a people pleaser and just wanted to yeah. be accepted. And that meant making decisions that um, were definitely not good for me. Were not honoring the Lord. Um, Fortunately, during that time, since my parents were still so involved in church, and I was mm-hmm. too, I was going, but you know, I was just going. Right. Um, I there was a mentor in my youth group. Um, love my youth pastor, 
his name's Greg Fine. If he listens to this, I just want to do a shout out to Greg. He's awesome. He's a pastor. You can Kansas tag City him now. whenever you share this on Twitter or <laughs> Instagram. I don't know if I'll share it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, within the youth group, there was a volunteer that just really um, loved me where I was at and mm-hmm. paced with me and pursued me. And at the time, I can look back on it now mm-hmm. and see that it was a discipleship relationship, but yeah. I was clueless then, you right. know? And um, I just began meeting with her as a friend, so to speak, and right. and she loved me well, and she loved me, like I said, where I was at. And um, we began reading scripture here and there after a while, and uh, the summer after my eighth grade year is really when I gave my life to Christ, is, is what I would say. I surrendered. I decided that who he made me to be is who I am supposed to be. And, right, right. and um, there was just so much freedom in that. And really, I'm so thankful because I think that that is one of the biggest reasons why I like to serve in student ministry and I feel yeah. called to serve in student ministry sure. is because of that experience that I had. And and this volunteer, she never gave up on me, even though I was screwing up all over the place. There was right. no judgment. It was like, hey, it's okay. You know, God right. forgives. I'm here for you. Right. You know? I've seen you come alongside uh, teens, but then specifically girl teens as well in our group in the very same way. So I can definitely see that impression of how that volunteer shaped your life and um, honestly have taken that even to myself seeing like how important that is to just come alongside the kids. You graduate high school and go into Missouri State. Um, we have we have another friend that's a Missouri State person um, and uh, she's pretty awesome. She is. Um, and famous. She is famous. She's in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Yes. Miss, Mrs. Erica Derryberry. Miss Erica Derryberry. Yeah. You'll see her around on a Grace Point, <laughs> so get her autograph. Yeah. Um, very soon, probably to have another Derryberry in the uh, the Softball Hall of Fame. That's there. right. Uh, so maybe get that uh, autograph as well. Um, <laughs> so, um, but Missouri State, what'd you go, what was your major? What life looked like after college? Um, when did you and Brian meet? Um, you also have a son who is 19 now. He is. Logan, 19. Son Logan, 19, who is a, uh, just a, dude's a man. I mean, like, he has grown up over so much over the last couple of years. And honestly, I feel like every time I come around, I'm like, I should really work out more or something. <laughs> you know, like that, like, I don't know why. He just makes it feel like he's a, he's a grown man. Anyways, um, so talk to me about, Getting you know Missouri State ministry maybe like different groups you were involved with some experiences that maybe shaped who you are now and what career looked like after yeah college. yeah so that's a lot Taylor. it is a lot Golly. I don't want to talk for like seven minutes so go ahead <laughs> um so I knew pretty much out of the gates uh, when I got into college that I was going to major in psychology um, psychology and counseling. And kind of with the hopes of potentially and eventually getting my PhD mm-hmm. or getting a PsyD. Did you um, know that psychology was my first major? No, I did not. In college? Yep. Oh. And then I took abnormal psychology and failed miserably mm. and was like, I like psychology, but I don't know if I want to study. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot it's to a lot. remember. It is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands sure. of paraphilias and, and phillies and, and phobias and all the mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, did that, minored in um, communications and biblical studies. Mm. 
So uh, kind of partnered a little bit. Of, so at Missouri State, at they Missouri have biblical State, studies? They used to. Okay. They no longer do. Now it's called religious studies. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so sign of the times, Enough I guess. Said, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, was uh, active in college with a campus ministry called Ichthus. Um, I don't know if that... Like the Jesus fish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure that that is a national like ministry. Yeah. I think it maybe was just exclusive to Missouri State, which by the way, at that time was called Southwest Missouri State. Okay. So, yeah. um, so was active then and in that and um, worked in my dorm for the first couple of years as a front desk receptionist. Nice. Um, that come with a perk of like you get your own room or something? Uh, no, I, I wish that was a perk. It came with the perk of getting to work the 12... Uh, midnight, the midnight to 4 a.m. shift. <laughs> Does yeah. not sound like a perk. It was pretty bad, but yeah. it got it got me some money, you know, for True. some spending stuff. Yeah, um, yeah so I uh, did that. Uh, went to a local church, Ridgecrest Baptist, south of town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah that's, yeah, that's about my schooling. Took me about four and a half years to graduate. Mm-hmm. So I had an extra semester in there. And the reason I had an extra semester is because I did an internship for a semester up in Jefferson City at the Capitol. Oh, cool. Yes. I worked for, I was a legislative intern okay. uh, for a representative up there. And you're like, my mom works at the courthouse. No. So I'm in Carthage, <laughs> I so. That. I, don't think that. <laughs> I, I Yeah. Anyway, um, so I did that. And um, when I was at that internship, it's kind of weird, which was the first semester of my, my senior year, I guess you could say. Um, is when I met Brian, but Mm. I met him because I came home for a weekend to visit a friend who had been in the hospital and, um, met him that weekend. And, um, man, this is crazy, but I knew the night I met him Mm -hmm. that I was going to marry him. Isn't that crazy? I know that sounds so dorky and cliche, but it's the truth. And I went back to my friend's apartment that I was staying at for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to marry this guy. And she's like, well, did you guys exchange numbers or anything? And I said, no. (laughs) And she's like, well, then how are you ever going to? And I said, I don't know, but God's got it. He's going to figure it out. I'll see him again someday. And so. um, Nice. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. (laughs) So then a couple of weeks later, um, he did end up uh, getting in touch with me and called me at my apartment up in Jeff City. And I remember, so landline phone, I'm dating myself a little bit here. Yeah. Um, Nokia's were a thing though, the Nokia yeah. phone. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Anyway, he calls me on the landline phone. My roommate says, oh my gosh, it's Brian Lorenz. (laughs) And I was so overcome with emotion Mm -hmm. that I couldn't get to the phone for like an hour and a half. Or no, an hour and a half, a minute and a half. I was like, hold on, hold on. Did <laughs> he stay hour. on the phone for an hour? Yeah, okay, okay. No, yeah. like 90 yeah. seconds because I was like, I was he like- stayed of, He stayed there on the phone for he 90 seconds? Hyper, I was hyperventilating a little bit because I was like, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? <laughs> and so finally, after I calmed myself down, I was like, 
hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so suave and cool. I was like, oh, sorry, I was doing something else. Yeah, very and, cool. Yeah. yeah, so um, that was kind of, the rest is kind of history, I guess. Sure. Um, when I met him, fun fact, he was professionally racing jet skis around the country. <laughs> that is an, a very fun fact. Did you know I that? did not know this. <laughs> it's a true thing. Um, it's a real thing. He had a team. Um, there were like two or, two or three guys that were, he raced a stand-up. So a stand-up okay. jet ski, a Kawasaki. And yeah. so, so the first- You say the Kawasaki, like I know, like, I, I, is that good? Is that a good? A I don't good know. I just- I know, I, mean, I know the brand, I know Kawasaki, but yeah. the, is that like an important jet ski brand, stand-up jet ski brand? I guess, yes. Yes. I think it is. Well, it is. yeah, go ahead. Right. So, um, so the first few months <laughs> that we dated- Probably the first three to four months, I would go to jet ski competitions wherever oh, with him. That's not a bad life. No, it wasn't a bad life. Um, I didn't know anything about jet skis. I'd never ridden a jet ski in my life before I met him. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't ever ride the stand up, but I love the sit downs. Yeah. So then yeah. we dated about about a year and a half, and then we got married. Um, and we immediately moved after we got married to Asheville, North Carolina, okay. uh, for his job. He, at that time he was in the restaurant business, the restaurant okay. industry. He had yeah. gotten his degree in restaurant and hospitality, something like that Yeah, at Missouri state. Right. He's a year older than me too, by the way. Um, I don't know why I didn't that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. stick it to him. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, so we go there and then, um, I had actually been working part-time the months leading up to our wedding at an apparel store mm-hmm. in Joplin, Missouri, and transferred into management at this apparel store in when we moved to Asheville. Yeah. And um, had gotten my degree by then. Still had kind of put, like, I'm going to put my master's on pause or if I do a side D, whatever. Um, and then that, that my career there led into several years of opportunity with the corporation that I was working for mm-hmm. to move around. So we actually moved around quite a bit in the early years of our marriage, and it was due to my job, not his. Oh, yeah. Many people kind of assume because actually Brian's in the national, he's active duty National Guard now. Yeah. Um, they assumed that we moved around so much because of his job. Right. But actually at the beginning, it was because of my job. Right. And just in loss prevention, I did a number of different uh, roles within this corporation, um, management, loss prevention, merchandising, um, HR mm-hmm. um, in the Georgia area, the Tennessee area, North Carolina, and then in Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Being someone who's in vocational ministry now, um, the experience of working outside of a church is probably much more beneficial than a lot of people realize because the people that we serve on a week-to-week basis aren't experiencing vocational ministry. They're experiencing what I jokingly call the real world, (laughs) uh, where all the things you've experienced are the things that people are dealing with on a week and week, uh, like a Mm week-by-week basis. Mm and so speak to just a little bit, if you can, um, how you feel like that experience of just working outside of the church maybe helps you connect with people better inside of our church. Well, I think it's allowed me to have a lot of empathy right. for the busyness and the demands that 
the business world and especially here in Bentonville, you know, home right. of Walmart, a majority <laughs> yeah. of our members and attenders either work for Walmart or somehow are right. connected. And it is high demand and the expectations are sometimes you you just can't even meet, right. you know, um, and the pressure on families that um, are are under, you know, that way of life, it's, it's just really hard sometimes. I mean, right. there's a lot of rewards from it for sure. And I'm not just talking financial at all. Right. Um, but there's a lot of rewards and a lot of leadership opportunities that come from it. Right. Um, but I also think like, when you think about just the talent of individuals that we have here at Grace Point right. from a career perspective and how that can translate within ministry mm-hmm. um, from leadership to serving, wh- whatever it is, you know? Right. So I think there are a lot of correlations, but I guess I would say probably from that empathetic standpoint is yeah. where I would connect most with right. people, you know, and understand. Sure. How long have you guys been here? Um, we moved here in early 2014. Cool. So like about Jan- seven years yeah. working on, uh, well, I guess it'd be seven years. Yep, yeah. Seven years. Um, let me say this. Anne's been involved in so much in the church. Um, I, I don't feel like we have enough time left on this podcast to really dig into what your ministry life has been here mm-hmm. as far as the roles you've played for the church. But let me just outline some things of, um, highly involved in student ministry, influential with, um, uh, uh, all the students, but I think that a very safe place for um, female students to come and talk to and get some guidance from. Um, very influential in uh, runs our first impressions team, right? For Sunday mornings, uh, greeters, um, welcome, welcome, mm-hmm. all those folks uh, in tandem with some other leaders, but very influential in first impressions. Has been on several, um, lots of different. Um, focused teams on attacking some of the different issues and problems that arise in the church over the years. Uh, We've called those teams different things, so I won't run through that whole thing. Um, But um, now is is serving in student ministry still, but also um, serving with our groups ministry, uh, working with Nathan Wagner um, on that. But um, I think kind of in a, a new interesting role of uh, coming alongside groups, um, which you and I both know that church happens in circles and not rows. Um, Amen. And so I think that your skill set of connecting with people and really caring about individuals connecting into our church is going to influence our groups more and more and more because it's a fairly new role mm-hmm. for you to be working with that like within the year. So if you could just quickly, instead of us digging into a whole history of things, let's talk about where you see groups as far as the importance of them in our church, and then uh, maybe just Grace Point in general, and, and and maybe what's still exciting about, or like what potential we have here at the church to serve our community, maybe even through those same groups. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think groups, obviously, like you said, um, growth happens in circles and not in rows. Yeah. Um, groups is really where I think a lot of people can feel connected. Um and feel like there's other people that are struggling with some of the same things, sure. whatever that is. And right. it's always good to feel like you're not, to know that you're not alone. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that has helped me just in my own personal walk is um, feeling like I belong. Mm. And I think that's kind of like that first impressions piece. I want everyone that walks in the door of Grace Point to feel like they're included. 
you know, and that they belong and that they're welcome here. Right. And so our, one of the things that I'm really excited about as we move forward in the group's ministry is just the excitement that people are getting to want to join, but also who are coming out of groups saying, hey, you know what? God's calling me to lead. Right. God's calling me to gather a group of people in my home. And whether that's at Beaver Lake, I mean, it's cool how some of these things have been organic. Like right. some of these groups forming have been really nothing short of just the Holy Spirit and right. his guidance and just people stepping out in obedience, right? right. Not us going to them. Sure. Um, I do see groups, we have grown a lot in the amount of groups that we have and that we have to offer here at Grace Point. Mm, And I've also seen an increased attendance in those groups from people who are really beginning to feel connected. Right. And um, that's just so important. Even over the, I mean, specifically over the last year. Yes. I mean, if you don't have small group and you don't have community, uh, that smaller group of people that really know who you are, of course you're not going to feel connected, right? Of course you're not going to feel loved because Sunday morning is a, a perfect opportunity. This is coming from the worship pastor, a perfect mm-hmm. opportunity to sing your guts out, to hear a sermon, to to connect in the with the body as a whole, but it is not enough. It is not enough because you can't stop Mike mid-sermon and say, hey, well, what about this, Mike? This is what I'm really struggling right. with. And like, there's not that avenue. That's, what, that's not what Sunday morning is for. That's what groups are for, yeah. is digging in. It's to dive deeper yeah. and within that deep dive to establish just more of an intimacy with each other, which right. I would hope, I mean, our prayer is that groups would become like little families you know, and that they would do and share life together. And that would also mean, like you said, living scent and and serving the community in whatever way, you know, that you feel God's leading you. Different groups have different, um, their hearts are, you know, geared differently towards people. And so we do have a group that serves in Laundry Love Mm. um, over in Rogers. And that's kind of where their heart is, is for that community over in the Rogers area to be able to just provide, um, just provide for those individuals and then have conversations as a, you know, just, you know, which we are praying will lead to gospel conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. That practical um, meeting people's needs. I mean, we see that very clearly. Uh, in the Bible, that uh, sometimes you got to meet physical needs, and then you have conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Well, I appreciate you, Ann, um, and you'll be on more in the future. I know this is one <laughs> of your favorite things to do. And what I mean that, I mean sitting with me and talking. Mm-hmm. So I know that we have a lot of great potential in groups ahead. I know the church has a lot of great potential through groups. So I appreciate you kind of outlining some of that and sharing your heart. Uh, if you want to connect with Ann, then you can send her an email of encouragement or some questions maybe about groups. I'm sure she would love to connect you in with yeah. some of the open groups. Uh, you can email her at ann at gracepointchurch.net. That's A-N-N at, at gracepointchurch.net. Or you can find Ann in the gallery most Sundays. She's the <laughs> she's the happy person that you definitely want to talk to. If you're like having a hard time waking up or getting around and you need a little shot of excitement, come find Ann on Sunday morning in the gallery. Or, I mean, you guys have Sunday night stuff going on too with students. So come up, come up students. She would love to show you around to any of the groups that might need someone to, to join in even. 
uh, or just to worship with the students on Sunday night. So yeah. you can connect with her in multiple ways. Uh, remember, however you're listening to this, subscribe so that you can get notified whenever new episodes hit because we're just going to have more interesting stuff hitting. Also, make sure to download that new Grace Point app in your app store and have notifications on. Share this episode out. Uh, we want different people to get to know um, the staff at our church, so make sure and share this on whatever social pages you have. And as we all know, we always want to show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. And live sent.